Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. We are happy to be here with you guys today. Uh, we got a lot going on. Uh, some interesting, fun stuff to look forward to here in the future. And we'll be getting to you guys about that a little later. Um, but first, we were trying to decide what the best thing was to talk about today. You see, Justin and I actually want to start a series uh, a new series, but there's a couple of things happening over the next couple of weeks. We have a guest who's going to be on, not next week, because um, that just changed, but hopefully the following week. So we couldn't start the series this week like I wanted to. Um, so we decided let's go kind of old school and jump back to ghosts for a bit, and in particular, uh, investigations. Um, Justin had mentioned, and, and I know this comes from uh, our, our recent investigations up in North Dakota uh, regarding EVPs, spirit boxes. Uh, what was the third one? The Ovilus. Which the Ovilus, that's right. Is interesting, an interesting one. I've never personally used an Ovilus before. I know you haven't. Um, do you even know what an Ovilus is? I've seen it used on Ghost Adventures, but I still okay. don't exactly know. <laughs> like in my well, mind, I have an idea of what it is, but I can't like tell you about it. I've got the definition, so we'll we'll get into okay, that. Okay, so we'll get into that. Um, but before we do that, I don't really have any housekeeping this week, uh, other than if you're just tuning in for the first time, continue tuning in, listen to us every week. And if you're kind of, you know, iffy about tuning in, you should tune in more often because uh, you're missing out on some great content. And why be behind listening to past episodes when you can be listening to present ones? Uh, anything for you you want to add? No, uh, just, yeah, like Eric said, um, if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Um, we, in the past couple weeks, we've kind of been keeping track of where uh, we're being listened to, and apparently we're really big in India. So to all of our India listeners, what's up? Welcome. I hope you guys enjoy the shows. Um, but wherever you're listening throughout the world, uh, we hope you enjoy the content. Uh, make sure that you like, share, subscribe, no matter where you listen. And uh, yeah, try and reach out to us. If we say something that isn't right or the research led us down the wrong path, or you have an opinion about something, you know, you can put it in comments, um, email us uh, at paratruthradio at gmail.com. That's P-A-R-A-T-R-U-T-H radio at gmail.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you guys. For sure. 
So let's go ahead and jump on into today's episode. Uh, where are we beginning? Where are we starting? Actually, um, you know well, what? I did. I did have something I wanted to ask you because okay. I've seen it on multiple things. Um, I I did really didn't know what the meaning was, but have you heard the term ITC communication? ITC communication? No, I have not. Okay, so ITC communication is instrumental transcommunication, and it applies to all of the things we're going to be talking about today. So basically what it is, uh, the term describes communication with non-physical entities through electronic devices. So that's using a voice recorder to catch EVPs. That's using a spirit box to uh, do what the spirit box does. We'll get into that. Uh, the Avalus, white noise, uh, paranormal puck, which is kind of like the Avalus, um, and any other electronic uh, devices that are used. Um, I guess you could kind of tie in um, uh, EMF detectors, which isn't 100% accurate because there's no voice involved, but they are trying to communicate when you're asking them things without a uh, without like a spirit box or an ovalus. You can ask them to you know, try and move the EMF detector higher in response to a, a question or whatever, since if you're doing an EVP session, you're really not getting it in real time. Um, right. But that, that in a nutshell, pretty much sums up every pretty much piece of equipment we use to try and communicate um, while we're doing investigations. Right. And, you know, we've used... Obviously, a couple of these, we use the voice box or the spirit box. We've used typical digital voice recorders. Uh, and, of course, we've used the EMFs and all that stuff, too. Uh, mm-hmm. And each of these tools are used differently uh, and should be used separately from one another, uh, mainly because if you're using something like a spirit box as well as an EVP, uh, it's going to be hard to distinguish what the digital voice recorder is picking up uh, separate from the spirit box and that's assuming that you're using the spirit box without headphones uh you know it's one thing to consider which i actually saw this on uh, a recent show that i'd watch Uh, it was kindred spirits and i I don't know if i've mentioned this before on the on the episode or if i just mentioned it or on the show or mentioned it to you justin um but and the guy he was actually asking the spirit questions And the idea was to see if she can respond without hearing the question uh, and see how it relates to what was being asked. And I thought that was really interesting because in the past, you and I, uh, we've always used a spirit box together. We've never used headphones. It just had it open. We'd ask questions and it would respond. Um, But I thought it just kind of added more of a, a little more dynamics to, to the overall investigation and really helps solidify that whatever was coming through the spirit box was actually uh, related to the question and therefore had a uh, intelligent response, mm-hmm. which you can again do with EVP with the uh, digital voice recorders as well. It's just, you know, the fact that you have to jump back and right. listen to it all in, you know, in real time or whatever. Right. Yeah. Well, and part of uh, the, you know, the ghost box thing, um, if I would have known back then um, the stuff I'm learning now, 
I I would have given the the ghost box a lot more credence than we did back then because back then mm-hmm. we were using what they call a Radio Shack hack, um, where you get a uh, basically a Walkman. Uh, I got the Walmart or Radio Shack version. You cut out the prong where it stops on channels when you're sweeping, and it just continuously sweeps. Well, me, not having any experience before with this, and there wasn't really a whole lot of research uh, compared to now, or as far as how this all works and everything, I did it, and we were just sweeping through FM stations. Um, and you get a lot of, uh, not just the... Right. You also get a bunch of music, you know, loud sounds, and, and yes, uh, you can get communication that way, but from after talking to a lot of people now, uh, really what we should have been doing, first and foremost, is connecting a speaker to it so everybody could could hear it and hear it clearly. Uh, secondly, uh, from what I've gathered, um, is a lot of people have had a lot of uh, responses, good responses, sweeping backwards instead of forwards like we used to do through AM stations. Mm-hmm. Um, and thirdly, uh, using a portal to eliminate that noise so that you get just the voice and using a reverb to help with that voice. Um, so... I guess since we're talking about the spirit box or ghost box, uh, we did give a small definition, but here is the full definition of a spirit box. A spirit box is a device that rapidly sweeps frequency channels of radio stations, creating a white noise effect. This is said to allow spirits to use the energy to manipulate it, to form words and phrases, clear sounds that sometimes are heard as intelligent responses. Uh, can be caught while the device scans a multitude of radio stations. It is thought the faster the sweep, the clearer the information. Uh, now, the spirit box was actually first uh, invented, uh, some say Thomas Edison, with his his uh, telephone to the dead, or the quote-unquote telephone to the dead, because there's no actual proof that he invented this, according to the patent office. Um, but... Uh, a guy named Frank Sumpton, Sumption uh, created the first Frank's box or the ghost box uh, in 2002. And uh, he, uh, after people had done different um, interviews with him and everything, he had told people that he was guided by his spirit guides, by, by uh, whoever how to build this box. And a lot of people had gotten his boxes and have had a lot of success, success with them. Um, so that's where all the, the current spirit boxes, the, the uh, SP7 and all these other boxes come from, was this original box that Frank Sumption had come up with in 2002. Um, interesting uh, concept... Now, Eric, you you had mentioned th- that 
it can be intelligent communication if it's a good response to a question. When we were first doing the spirit box uh, sessions, do you think we were really getting much communication or were we way too skeptical and not tuning in like we should? No, not necessarily. Cause I think we first started out, we were a lot less skeptical and we were more interested in finding evidence as opposed to trying to debunk evidence um, for us, you know, the debunking, the skepticism actually came the more that we learned, you know, the more that we researched and, and learned mm -hmm. how to investigate and just learned about uh, the spirit world in general. So, you know, I, I think early on, we kind of caught a lot of stuff, at least we think we did. And, you know, one in particular, I don't know, I know you have the, 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 um, audio file. I don't know if we're going to play it or not, but you know, when we were at Indigo Lake back when we had Night Stalker's Paranormal Society, uh, there was a lot of talk happening on our spirit box or our voice box. And of course we couldn't all listen to it because in that case it was actually on headphones and we we're being relayed information based on uh, a wraith that supposedly was haunting the lake. And so with something like that, you know, it, it, there's a lot of talk about blood and murder and things like that, which is just kind of weird. Um, but we believed it, you know, and, and of course, we had some interesting photos that kind of aligned with the fact that maybe there's something spiritual there. Uh, we had this kind of green mist that showed up in the woods uh, as we were walking mm -hmm. down the path that was odd, uh, which, you know, it's now that I'm literally now that I'm thinking about it, even though they're more yellow than green, it could have been a lightning bug passing by. And uh, we all know who took the photo. Oh. So <laughs> you know, it's possible. Wasn't it uh, me that took the photo? I don't was it? I don't I thought it was uh I don't remember his name, but you know. Though, was he even a part of our group at that point? He had headphones at the time. At the beginning anyway. Okay. Yeah, I I um, honestly don't remember i i thought it was me that had caught the green mist not him i don't know it, it might have been and if that's the case then even better because your camera wasn't <laughs> jacked up like his was so if that's the case right. then we actually did catch something it wasn't a lightning bug <laughs> but it was very green it was like a a lime green color not just kind of a mossy yellow which is more of a lightning bug right um or firefly or you know whatever you call them wherever you live in the northeast it's lightning bug and that's the real way to, that's the real name, by the way, Lightning Bug, not Firefly. Anyway, that's just an opinion, though. Um, <laughs> some things that happened, though, during that that investigation, of course, was not only the mist, but it was uh, in relation to these, <clears throat> the, these words and phrases that were being said by the supposed wraith that haunted Indigo Lake. And then at the end of our investigation, one of our investigators went to start his car and the car wouldn't start it was completely dead i actually had to jump it uh which That's is also right. again very interesting uh now whether or not those all link together and prove anything we don't know that's the biggest issue with uh paranormal investigations is in the end it all comes down to the evidence and what you how you interpret that evidence um you know someone who's with us might say it meant nothing but we might say it was right well, since you brought you had brought up the blood, that was during the that was during ghost box session, right? Yes. Okay. So once again, once again, guys, um, 
you know, Justin calls it ghost box. I call it spare box. It's been called voice box. We use those words interchangeably. Uh, they all mean the same thing. It's the same device. Right. So I'm going to play, I think actually it was me that was listening to it when it said blood. I'll play, because at that point we weren't recording it. We were just, it was just playing and, and somebody had a headphones on. So I'm going to play that really quick. Um, and then I'll play you what the ghost box, our ghost box sounded like when we were using this device. So hold on one second here. My computer's going to play it. The steak, the blood. What about the steak? What about the blood? Was it an accident? In the heart. In the heart of what? Man. What man? Peace. Peace after he was killed? You're a bigot. That is a bigot. You're a bastard. Bigot's a racist. Oh, okay. Okay, so that was more of an EVP session mostly because you can't hear the, the radio shack playing. Um, but you, you can hear what I was hearing, but that was my interpretation. Right. Like Eric said. Um, nobody else could hear it except for me because I had headphones on and it wasn't playing out loud. Mostly to, to my dismay, because we were in a public place, we don't want people people freaking out. <laughs> we had this thing just randomly sweeping, and, and then we're we're talking about it. Um, as it was, I think we had people walking by us, looking at us funny, anyways. Oh yeah. So and, and you know that's one thing that you always have to consider is when you are uh, doing socks and somebody's wearing the headphones, make sure you trust that person who's actually wearing them to give you the accurate information. So you need someone who's actually very um, in tune to what they're listening to and can focus on that while multitasking because otherwise they, you know, you, I've done it. I'm not very good at it uh, because I, my mind wanders off even during investigations. <laughs> so <laughs> there, it's very easy. I'll be thinking of a song and singing it to myself while there's radio or voices playing and I'll just miss stuff. Uh, so definitely something you want to consider when you're actually using the box. Right. Um, you know, and listening to it, especially the way that we were doing it, like I said, we were we were uh, using FM stations. So you had to kind of listen, like Eric said, you had to listen through, and you really had to be paying attention um, because when we weren't paying attention to things, um, when, when you were kind of passively listening, it's very hard to, to at least with what we were using, it was very hard to miss something. Um, right. Okay. So this is what a, a ghost box session would sound like. Um, if we were actually doing a full, uh, with using what we 
used before. So here we go. Okay, so that's with a Radio Shack hack. That's the sound you would be hearing. Um, now, with a lot of the, the spirit boxes today, you'll hear something kind of like this, uh, where it's it's not so much as much radio noise as just kind of a white noise, but listen to this. So as you can tell, it would be rather annoying listening through this audio because at one point we did do an actual recording of just the the, the Radio Shack hack. I don't have that recording anymore because, like a dummy, I deleted all of my stuff that I had. But um, now you can do what they call a portal where it eliminates that noise and you like i said earlier you get this more much more clear evp sound um now granted there is still a lot of speculation about um with with spirit boxes if you are getting actual communication from spirits granted right. i i think you know it, it can be be very uh you you can veer on the side of skepticism when it comes to a spirit box. But if you're getting actual intelligent communication back to things that you are saying, yes, it, it, maybe it's a little bit of an assumption if it comes back with something odd and, and you interpret it, oh, I am, t I'm, I am saying the right thing. Uh, there is that. But at the same time, um, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to build a, a ghost box with a portal and do some sessions and show you guys what we're talking about. We can, can kind of do a, maybe a follow-up episode, but that's basically what you would get with the, uh, radio shack hack or spirit boxes that you have now. Um, granted, I, I let me ask you this, Eric, before we move on to obvious or, uh, EVP sessions. Do you feel that if you're doing a paranormal investigation, saying you're doing it for for a family home or a business, do you think using ghost box or, or spirit box material would be evidence to present to a client? No, I don't think you can use voice box uh, as evidence just because. You know, we can't prove that there's actually a spirit's voice in there. The, the, how a voice box, at least my interpretation of a voice box, and of course there's two interpretations. One is that the spirit can actually place its voice within the radio frequencies using that white noise as kind of its, uh, uh, its path, I guess, or its little, you know. Um, and it's kind of how, uh, uh, however, I think that when a spirit 
does talk, it actually manipulates a voice that's already being spoken on the radio or chooses a specific voice. Uh, so say, just for example, some news channel is playing in the frequencies that it's skipping through, uh, and that person might say something, and the spirit knows it, um, might say something that's related to our question, it might choose that person uh, or, or that voice to speak on its behalf, but we can't prove that. So most of the time, I think that much of what we're getting through these voice boxes uh, just happens to be coincidence, uh, especially since many of the voices aren't always directly related to the question, but are more so uh, very broad statements that can be related to the question. Okay. And that's fair enough. Like I said, I think a lot of people are skeptical about spirit boxes. I myself am skeptical about a spirit box. Um, I, I want to believe that what we're getting is is true. Um, I have listened to several people. There's a guy on YouTube calls he calls himself Cody ITC. That's the name of his channel. Um, he's used different stuff, but uh, he's got I don't even know what he uses because it's not a a spirit box now. It's he has a spirit box that he's built kind of and has kind of programmed it himself. Um, where he's actually getting voices with uh, uh, accents, uh, like he did one that was supposedly with Steve Irwin, and it was somebody with an Australian accent. Um, mm -hmm. Now, granted, you can, of course, get that on an actual radio frequency, of course, but uh, it, it seemed very like a very intelligent conversation that was being had. Um, so I, I do think that there is that ability, but I agree with Eric that if, if, if you're going to present this to a client, you can't say this is evidence. Say, we did a spirit box session. Here's what we got. Um, we are not saying that this is evidence, but we wanted you to have the recording just so you could hear it. Something like yeah, that. I I think that a spirit box is more so used by the investigator to help guide their investigation. So when, when we're talking about evidence, you're looking at either photo, like photography, videography, um, EVPs, or maybe some sort of uh, other digital voice phenomenon uh, beyond the digital voice recorder. Um, and that could be, th th you know, audio that comes up on your camera. It could come up on your cell phone, you know, things like that. Uh, really, though, the voice box is just a thing that we use to guide our investigation in a certain direction. Uh, so maybe, for example, when we were doing the investigation, being the first team to ever investigate Jeffrey Dahmer's house in Bath, Ohio, um, there was a conversation between one of the paranormal teams we were with because we actually grouped up with a second paranormal team uh, who had access to the house and invited us along. Uh, they were mm -hmm. listening to a voice box uh, session. Justin was in on it. I was outside on the monitors watching everything. Uh, and it guided them into this, this kind of a, you, you guys ended up with a in a conversation about a book that was hidden somewhere on the premises, possibly buried. Um, I think now, it was mentioning the closet, or that's the closet. what the person listening was hearing. Okay, so, and with something like that, uh, it, it could be legitimate, 
as far as I know, there was never anything found at the house for a book, but it could guide you in a certain direction, as in certain questions to ask. Let's talk, talk more, more about this book. Um, or maybe let's do a little history. Let's see whether or not Jeffrey Dahmer had a book that he kept that maybe would show some records of what had happened or what might have led him to become a serial killer. And that book could be as simple as a diary. It may not be an actual book, uh, you know, like a fictional work or a non-fictional work. It, it might just be a diary or maybe a, a, in certain, you know, areas. And that's actually how mediums tend to work as well. You know, mediums uh, don't always take everything by fact when they're talking to spirit to do an investigation. A friend of ours actually has done that numerous times. Um, she's not going to go into it and, you know, focus on uh, everything that the spirit is saying in terms of factual statements. She's going to pick uh, and whatever she feels most drawn to. And maybe that leads her to the truth. Maybe it leads her away from it. And then she has to reorganize herself and find a new path. And that's kind of how it works with the voice box. You got to find your way. And if it's the wrong way, you find you start, you know, you're not getting what you want, then you got to backtrack and start over, find a new path. Well, it, a lot of times with mediums though, too, they're working off of not necessarily something, a voice that they're hearing. Right. Maybe they're being shown imagery. And right. so that, goes up again for interpretation sometimes you know that they'll see a wooded area uh, of course they can't pinpoint the exact area because they're not being shown a map they're just being shown a wooded area um so unfortunately that is part of uh, of being a medium but um I, I do agree that sometimes, uh, maybe not all the time, but sometimes it's up to the medium to interpret what is being shown. Um, and mediums can give that full statement of what they're being shown and leave it up to the, the client or, or the police to interpret what is being shown or being said. Um, and, and that's part of the reason why psychics and mediums get a, a bad rap too is because they're they're giving information that they're being given and sometimes it's not 100 percent accurate right. um and yes I, I i've said this in the past i can't say for sure what is being said is is 100 accurate but it is what it is um so eric um did you look up any definitions or anything at all when preparing for this show? Sure. Oh, well, okay. what, what do you specifically? I mean, I've got so, definitions. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? <laughs> well, let's let's move into EVP recordings. Um, okay. So I I know everybody's that is listens to us religiously knows what EVP stands for. So. But for those that are just tuning in, don't know anything about paranormal, uh, what does EVP stand for and, you know, what does it entail? Right. So the EVP uh, basically stands for, and you guys have heard this multiple times, uh, it stands for electronic voice phenomena. Now, uh, this electronic voice phenomena are actually sounds found intentionally recorded or even 
intentionally recorded uh, upon request so that it is, of course, asking a question and receiving an answer. Uh, one Now, parapsychologist, uh, I, I believe you spell it, or is it Konstantinos uh, Rodiv or Rodive? not exactly sure, uh, popularized this idea back in the 1970s and describes EVPs as typically being brief, usually the length of a word or maybe a short phrase. And that's usually all you get. You, you don't get like a full-on straight sentence or even a full-on conversation. These are very brief words or just two or three you know, word sentences that are spoken. And, and I think there's a lot of uh, speculation as to why that is. Uh, and I think the majority of it is that the spirit only has so much energy to, to put into a voice uh, on CVP. And so it doesn't get out this full sentence because it lacks the energy to perform a full-on conversation. ...home that we did the investigation for. Uh, the other is a place that was deemed Ghost Alley, or I'm sorry, uh, that that was a different thing. Uh, Rockefeller Point, uh, where we did an investigation, where we had a a whisper as well. So um, we will play both of these for you in succession, so kind of hear the difference between each conversation, and then we'll dig into it. So hold on one second. My name is Eric. I'm here to help you, but I should let you know that I'm not afraid of you. Jeffrey, if you're here, I'm not afraid of you. Knock one more time, just like this. Can you do that?
EVP up. Okay. So. Um, from that first one, that was at the Dahmer house. Mm-hmm. Eric had said, my name is Eric. Um, in the original recording before Eric had kind of made it repeat itself at the end there, uh, you hear what sounds kind of like a sigh, but if you bump up the audio, um, I didn't want to play too loud, but if you want, if you bumped up the audio in it, it almost sounds like it's repeating his name, Eric. Yeah. It actually says it right at the beginning of my sigh. Uh, so I say, my name is Eric. And then I go, and as soon as I get to that point, you hear Eric, and then I finish the exhale. So it happens, it overlaps that, which actually helps prove uh, that it wasn't me actually saying it because there'd be a lot of, I mean, if you tried doing that, trying sighing and saying something at the same time really fast, it just doesn't quite work because of the amount of air that you have and you'd have to exert in order to actually speak. Um, But yeah, I mean, go ahead and play back, play that back again, guys, if you want to. Um, but it, you know, that was one of the most interesting EVPs that we actually got. And I, I recall, I forget how many years ago this was. I mean, over, it's got to be at least 10 years, at least, maybe longer um, since we did that particular investigation. And I was sitting in Jeffrey Dahmer's bedroom against a wall. Uh, and this wall had a window behind me. And I remember like some of the other investigators uh, walking around the back uh, along the side of the house, which is where Jeffrey had not only pinned animals up on trees in his younger days, but it was also right above the, uh, what do you call it? Like the, the, the dig at the, the dugout or the dig out, the little attic that goes underneath the house. Right. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure what, what you would call it. Yeah. I'm not excited. So there was this, under the house, if you're to follow this little trail along the side of the house, there's, there's like this little door, and you kind of like a cubby it, hole, sort of. Kind of, it's like a cubby hole. You go in there, and it's pretty much just stone. It's like concrete, and it goes up maybe about five feet, and then it cuts underneath the house. And there's all these wood planks because of the, the flooring of the home. And there's probably about six to seven inches between the floor of the house and this rock. Um, so you can't go very far into it or anything. But this particular area was directly below me, and that's where uh, Jeffrey Dahmer had actually uh, cut up and separated the flesh and bones into various garbage bags of Stephen Hicks, which was his first murder, uh, at least of a human being. So, you know, it was really wild, you know, getting this EVP. And of course, it was even more wild sitting down in that little cubbyhole knowing what happened uh there it's probably just crazy yeah. creepy um but yeah you know it, it was it's just really interesting and i didn't hear it at the time this was something i found later on after the investigation was over and we went through all of our evps uh which is a little disappointing i wish i would have heard it in real time so that i could kind of push a little harder and got more info um but nonetheless it, you know th- those are one of those class a's uh that are just you know you, you can't you can't miss it well now that you kind of brought that up class a um just to give a little definition there there are three categories really 
typical categories that you would find class A, B, and C for EVPs. Class A, easily understood by almost anyone with no with little or no dispute. These are also usually the loudest EVPs. Uh, class B, usually characterized by warping of the voice in certain syllables, lower in volume, or more distant sounding than Class A. Class B is the most common type of EVP. And Class C, characterized by excessive warping, they are the lowest in volume, often whispering, and are the hardest to understand. Now, that second recording that you guys heard was from um, Rockefeller Point. And we were helping out a, a, a couple of business owners doing an investigation there. Um, now, you heard Eric knock. Um, you can hear other people off in the distance. And then, towards the, was it towards the end that you were talking about that was the whisper? Yeah. Okay. So you hear somebody whisper. Unfortunately, I if I'm not mistaken, when we were listening to this uh this evidence, we weren't sure if that was a spirit or one of us talking, right? Right. Yeah, it's it is it's hard to tell. Um and that's the problem with EVPs, you know, cuz sometimes it's weird, right? Because you, you hear these whispers and you have to, re especially since most of us listen to these later, you have to try to remember who you were with, what the conversation was, <laughs> right. uh, and whether or not you were whispering or not. Uh, now, in this particular instance, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it I thought it was somebody else whispering or something else whispering. Now, the problem is, and we actually didn't show this particular piece of evidence to the owner um, of Rockefeller Center, well, of Rockefeller Center, but of the business that was in the basement of Rockefeller Center, mainly because it one obviously if you didn't hear it, I mean there's a reason we didn't show it because you really have to tune in and listen closely. You got to turn the you know the, the volume way up, uh, but also we personal personally couldn't debunk it officially. We we it was one of those like question marks. Was it us? Was it something else? And when you have a question mark on something, you cannot present it as evidence because you could be falsifying that evidence. Uh, if later on you come back and find out, hey, we were wrong, which, you know, that's happened to Justin and I at Rockefeller <laughs> Center when we passed a plant, <laughs> a plant for a Grim Reaper like entity. Um, yes, I know it sounds crazy. But <laughs> technology at the time sucked. And I found out later when technology upgraded <laughs> that we were wrong. Uh, but yeah, you know, that, that's the kind of thing that you have to deal with when you're on these investigations. Uh, you know, one more thing, Justin, I actually wouldn't mind you playing. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. It's under, I think it was the last one that I sent you, uh, GA215 underscore bang. It's actually uh, the EVP, it's not really an EVP. This isn't a whisper, but it's just something really interesting that I thought was cool. I was sitting in the basement at a place called Ghost Alley. This is a bowling alley that's extremely haunted in Northeast Ohio. And I was sitting down in the basement uh, with one of the paranormal investigators from another team, uh, Monroe Falls team. Her name is Erin. And we were sitting at a table by ourselves. Uh, I believe we're having a small conversation or just listening uh, and something happened. Now, mind, I want to remind you guys that at Ghost Alley, Justin was practicing his mediumship 
and he was much more brushed up on it than he is nowadays. But when he walked it, he was able to give all the answers um, or all the specifics that the previous medium had also given uh, this team in Rowe Falls. And while he was down there, all of us were down there, I happened to catch a lot of shadow people darting across the walls. And that's kind of one of those things that I think Justin and I kind of work really well together in investigations because he tends to sense things and he, you know, kind of see things through his mind, whereas I can actually sense them and see them more physically. Uh, so he didn't see these shadow people and I did. And so later on, me and Aaron are down here and we're asking questions and, you know, it, it was really interesting. So, or I'm sorry, not Aaron. Her name was Jen. There was an Aaron there though, too. Um, but this one was Jen that I was with. All right. Yep. I got it right here. Here we Can you see us right here? Do you want us here? If you don't want us here, make, give us a sign that you want us to leave. Okay, if you want us to stay, can you give us some kind of sign? Can you mimic this? So at that point, you guys had heard another bang. Yeah, so I didn't realize you were going to play the whole thing. <laughs> it was because uh, it was at segment 215. Right. Um, well, but, I just wanted something leading up to that point Okay. to kind of show what you yeah. guys were doing. Yeah, so <clears throat> yeah, so what happened there, and now 
my this bang came from the the back kitchen that was in the basement um so it's a little distant from the digital voice recorder however what you can't tell on the digital voice recorder was the how loud the bang actually was um it was so loud that it actually vibrated through my chest that's how loud it actually was um and you know it was one of those instances where we kind of froze because obviously she asked me did you hear it and if you were there you couldn't not hear it that's how loud it was uh but it was one of those things you're just like hesitating like what did i just hear what i thought i heard and immediately we both jumped up and split she went in one way and i went the opposite direction we kind of met in the back uh there was nothing back there uh but it sounded like somebody or something uh had pounded on the steel door of the fridge or the freezer back there uh and that's you know that that's what it sounded like and it was crazy loud and so the reason i wanted to play that was one it's just an interesting thing to have witnessed especially when it happened not too long after me asking can you do this you know and then we get this loud bang um, but also just to mind you that when you're do, using digital voice recorders, you can pick up other things in your investigation beyond just voices. These are little sounds that might be like a knocking or a, a, a uh, like a stumble or like a brushing, like if you're like dragging your feet, something like that. Those can all lead you in your investigation and help you. And those are things that you can actually uh, show you know, in, in when you give the evidence, you can show that evidence to uh, the owner or whoever it is you're investigating for, because those are little things that are like, hey, have you ever heard something like this? You know, it's a shuffling of feet. And maybe they say, yes, I've heard that, you know, on the second floor at 2 a.m. It's like, yeah, that's when we caught it, you know? And those kind of things link up and you realize, okay, so maybe there's something happening here. Maybe it's a residual haunting if they're hearing it at 2 a.m. on a regular basis on the second floor. Or maybe they say, oh, I've never heard that. Now, do you completely disregard it? Not necessarily, but you might say, well, we can't say that it's paranormal, but it's something interesting and we haven't heard it before. Uh, so those are the type of things that you want to consider when you're, when you're viewing your EVPs, uh, because you never know what you might catch and you want to be able to catch everything you possibly can. All right. So before we go into the last thing, ov ovulus or ovulus, I'm not really sure how you pronounce it, but um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you'll hear Eric's on Fact today, quick commercial, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Everyone knows of the citrus soda called 7-Up. But did you know that the number seven and the word up were indications to various elements of the drink? According to cs.cmu.edu, 7-Up was created in 1929, and both the number seven and the word up indicated various elements of the specific drink. In fact, the number seven was selected because the original containers were only seven ounces, and the word up indicated the directions of the bubbles. This was Eric's random fact of the day. (laughs) 
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Brooke Haley Martin. And I'm Erin Skrback. And we have a little web series called Audition Audition Life. Life. Inspired by true events, our series focuses on all the things that could potentially go wrong in an audition. And trust me, what can go wrong will. You can watch the series by going on www.auditionlifetheseries.com or by following us on the Instagram handle at auditionlifetheseries. Break Break a leg! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratweet Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't really know why we say our names a second time. Because people are likely tuning in at the beginning and hear it the first time. But, you know, it's not a live show, so that's just something I thought of. Anyway, <laughs> we just like to mention it in case our names have changed over the course of this hour. In this case, it didn't. Um, but we are talking about EVP's uh, voice boxes and uh now we're going to be talking about obulus i'm sorry guys if it sounds like i'm thinking too hard i have this weird voice in my headphone that i get regularly when i'm on the radio with justin uh and it's driving me crazy right now they're it's talking so much um so i'm having trouble focusing but and i don't think it's a haunting i don't think it's spirit i think it's actually truckers that are i'm picking up their their radio frequency for some reason somehow um but anyway, so the obulus, this is something that, you know, we've never used, uh, but you see it very often on various paranormal, invest- on various paranormal uh, investigative shows, ghost adventures, ghost hunters, uh, some other less known shows. And I'm going to call it that because I don't know those shows, but I know of them. Uh, but yeah, so obulus, Justin. <laughs> All right, so the Ovulus is a, is a device that has an embedded database of words. Uh, it contains an EMF meter. A lot of the newer ones contain uh, thermometers as well. And supposedly, uh, through EMF and temperature, this device picks out words that supposedly a spirit is, is trying to use to um, communicate. So I just randomly decided to download an app that is very similar to an Ovulus. It's not exact, but I'll turn it up here while we're talking so you guys can kind of hear what it says. So Eric and I have been talking, um, and I've been randomly pressing the power on this thing to have it go. So it's said a bunch of different words. Uh, the most recent one was big. 
Um, when it catches up here, it'll play something else. But office like that. Now, I I didn't prompt it to say that. Um, I'm sitting in my office, so that's how you kind of get the communication here. Um, I, I didn't ask a question. I didn't say anything. I'm, we're just kind of talking here and it came up with office. Well, I'm in my office. There's the association. Does it mean it's a spirit talking? Not necessarily. Zach. Uh, or maybe it's a spirit named Zach, but, um, you get the point. I'll let it play here, but, um, Eric, Kind of, what what are your thoughts on this as far as a, a device is concerned um, f- for picking up EVP? Do you think it's kind of yeah. along the same lines of Spirit Box where it's... So it's very similar. So, so with an Ovulus, what you actually have to do, it's a digital system and you have to actually place words into the system first uh, when the system's developed. So there are a number of words that are registered in the Ovulus device and the spirit can only use the words that are registered to the device. Um, so something like Zach, in this case, would have been registered as a name in the device, and the spirit can choose that word. Uh, it doesn't mean that the spirit is actually saying the word. It's not picking up the spirit's voice, but it's somehow manipulating the technology within the device to come up with that word. Uh, now, when you're using the Ovulus, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when you ask a question, you actually have to type the question into the ovulus and then hit enter. At no, least depending uh, on the model. Insects. Um, depending on the model, there there was a couple of apps w- that it says type it in. Um, okay. Like this one, it, it's just randomly running. Uh, so you, you're you talking, you're not typing anything in. Uh, I'd watch... Okay, Sandwich? Sandy. Sandy. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I haven't had dinner yet, so I, damn, I knew it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, there, yeah, depending on the device, depending on the app, um, you know, a lot of people say don't use apps. That's kind of interesting. You are sharing details. <laughs> queer. Queer, okay. I, that's what I thought I said. Yeah, it, queer is an words? odd, maybe. Uh, <laughs> um... I, I have a device or an app that I have with an Ovulus and you just walk around the house. You can ask questions or whatever. Um, and I got some really interesting, weird things on it. The problem with apps and really with any Ovulus is you never actually, you know, unless you're asking a question and getting a direct answer, the majority of the time, something like this is happening where it's just word after word after word. You could sit there and say nothing and you'll still receive word after word after word. Um, so the question is then, can it be trusted? Is it something that just generates random words at will, or is it actually picking up a spirit? Now, my guess is if you were to take this app anywhere and just test it, you'll probably get words. Um, so I find that questionable. Now, obviously the spirit world is very vast, but the paranormal in general is actually a very rare thing. Hauntings are very rare. Having a ghost near you tends to be, scientifically at least, very rare. You know, even in the paranormal community, we won't, most of us won't say, oh, we have a ghost around us all the time, unless it's something like, uh, you know, you and I who are constantly in this type of field doing research, or you're a medium, or you're some sort of other type of psychic or paranormal investigator. You know, those type of people tend to have a sensitive 
as well, you know, you tend to have more of those experiences and more paranormal drawn to you. Whereas the average Joe or Jolie um, will actually, <laughs> you know, not pay attention and not care and therefore not draw these energies to them. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think the Ovulus is really cool. But again, it's one of those devices that can't really be used in uh, in showing, like it can't be used as evidence, but it can be used right. to direct you to evidence. Right. Well, the and, and something to do if you're doing a paranormal investigation is to have multiple multiple devices like this. Picture. So, um, yeah, there's my picture on the the screen there. Um, have an ovulus running, have a uh, spirit box running, uh, preferably with the portal so you can get a little more clear conversation, and then have an EVP doing it in opposite areas where you're not going to pick up the same, the the noise of other people or other things, devices. Have them all running at once, and then compare. And then, in a sense, you could probably use it if a you get an EVP on your voice recorder in one area. On the ghost box or spirit box, you're getting something similar that could compare to whatever the, the EVP was. And then you're getting the uh, word with the ovulus. And somehow, if all three of those are linked, then you can say, well, look, we got this EVP. At the same time of that EVP, on on the spirit box we got this, and then on the ov ovulus we got this. Um, so that's when you can really use it as as evidence, sort of, by saying all of these were linked together. Right. But um, just by itself, yes, I agree. The, the ovulus or the spirit box. Um, unfortunately, with paranormal investigation, you kind of have to use that specific uh, thing that I was talking about, associating everything together to kind of come up with evidence. Um, same thing with just doing EVP and pictures or mm -hmm. EVP, EMF, and pictures. Uh, we got an EVP at the same time we caught a shadow person on the picture. And at that same exact moment, our EMF detector spiked all the way to green. Now, in all of that, does that mean that there was paranormal um, activity going on? Maybe. Unfortunately, with paranormal investigations, you can't give it a 100% concrete, yep, that was paranormal, because right. unfortunately, paranormal that. Yeah, no, you're right, you know, and, and that's that's the hard part about, well, it's not the hard part, but it's the one thing I guess you need to consider when you're doing paranormal investigations. Um, it, it is very... Um, well, unfortunately, it is very opinion based, uh, depending on who's doing the investigation. Uh, but you just have to be very, um, 
I, I guess just understanding of the situation and what you what evidence you are gathering and whether or not that evidence applies to the actual investigation or if it's just a random coincidence. Um, you know, and, and you just gotta be discerning. Yeah. That's right. the main thing. You just gotta be discerning. You can't you can use scientific method, especially to debunk. So if you you knock and you get a knock back, well, where the knock come from? Is there is there air just moving through the pipes and it's rattling and it just randomly did that at the time that you knocked? I, I know there are people that would say, well, that can be interpreted as a spirit actually making that happen at the exact time. Yeah, no. Uh, if you do it and multiple times the the pipes are knocking possibly but you also have to look at the age of the house or whatever you're doing an investigation in um are they hearing that often because in that particular case if they're hearing it and they're not knocking or communicating saying hey please knock back that's not necessarily a spirit knocking <laughs> to to respond to you right When you guys were at uh, Ghost Alley and, and that happened, that is a very good point of you knocked, then you guys heard a knock um, to the point that you felt vibration. There were people upstairs, mm -hmm. but I, I think everybody was trying to be conscious conscious of where other people were. Uh, you know, they did have people watching cameras and stuff like that. So it would have been very hard for us to debunk that as, oh, well, there was somebody walking upstairs about the time that I knocked. Right. On the flip side, and I know we're going to be wrapping this up soon because this is a long episode. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, there was another... Thing that happened at ghost alley which was debunked and there was a girl uh who was sitting in like this little it was just a little bare room she was sitting on something on like a, a can or something like that um two things happened actually it was really one was really funny um the first though which was the thing that was debunked was that she was sitting there she was asking questions and then all of a sudden and we could hear it on the monitor too because it sounded that way it sounded like a woman screaming this long drawn out scream and she froze. You could tell she was like literally just struck with fear. Uh, but for those of us who are upstairs watching the monitor and we double checked it to debunk it, somebody had walked out the screen door that was right next to the monitors, which is also above the room that she was in. And when you open that screen door, it sounds like a woman screaming uh, down in the basement. So that's something that you debunk, you know, it, it could have been used as evidence if you didn't try to debunk it. Like, hey, here's this woman screaming. But in reality, false evidence. Another thing that happened during that same exact moment or, you know, within that time frame uh, was this girl <laughs> sat on, I think it was a freezer, like a, one of those box freezers. She was sitting on it and she must have put a little dent <laughs> in the top of the freezer because she walked halfway across the room and the dent popped back. You should have seen the fear when she jumped a mile with the loud <laughs> bang that happened. Oh, sometimes investigations are just so fun. 
they are. I enjoy watching people get scared. <laughs> well, and I think I'll I'll put this out there like we do every time for paranormal investigation shows. We are not saying go out there and do a paranormal investigation. Um, I, I know disclaimer moment, but bad things can happen during a paranormal investigation outside of being followed home by a spirit, uh, you know, demonic activity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there are physical things that can happen where you fall, you're, you know, you're in the dark attention. Uh, people have gotten hurt. There have been people that have gotten severely hurt. Um, I have not heard of it. Eric, maybe you have, but uh, I'm sure people have possibly either almost lost their lives or have lost their lives trying to do a paranormal investigation and not paying attention to where they were, where they were walking. And it, not even paying attention. I'm sorry to cut you off, but not nope. even paying attention, but just being completely oblivious to this, your own safety. Uh, now, I haven't heard anything of it, but I know someone who has your smart, you just get off the track when you see the train, which didn't happen uh, during this movie that was being made. Somebody tried to save the camera from being hit by the train, and she got killed in the process of doing it. Stupid. Should have never happened, but it did. Uh, so we And now we have mistakes. a haunting out of it. <laughs> Yeah, um, but you know there there are now guidelines on film sets. Uh, whenever something like that happens, these tra train you know in these tunnels, a train starts coming through. They don't have enough time to run back to the other side, and there's not enough space on either side of the tracks to get away. You end up dead. Uh, so you know you, you just have to really be considerate of where you're at uh, and what you're doing. You know, even in the wild, you're on a river. If there's a rainstorm, a distance, you can get flash floods. You know, just be aware of your surrounding, pay attention to the weather, pay attention to fall apart. I mean, there is a house in North Dakota that, that you know, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Just we didn't go inside, but even the wood on the outside that we did step on, not something yeah. we should have been stepping on. Um, no, thankfully, there is ground only a couple. Of, that's something you need to just consider. All right, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you do do paranormal investigations, like you've been doing them, um, I, we would love to hear your opinions about the different devices that we've talked about today. If you're just starting out doing paranormal investigations or you're considering doing paranormal investigations, we can't stop you. Uh, but if you think you would like these devices, you can definitely Google them out there. Uh, some of the stuff can get a little expensive. There are cheap alternatives to to making your own stuff of course um but responses you get we would love to hear uh help you debunk anything like that i know eric loves it i know i like listening to evidence or looking at evidence and be like hmm that's kind of odd and then usually for visual evidence i'm like eric <laughs> can, can you look at this because i don't know how to to go through like for example, Photoshop and and pull out different color or shadow or anything like that to determine if it's real. Because Eric has looked at multiple things and said, "Yeah, uh, if you pull the shadow away, there's no shadow behind it." So I don't. I think this is more of a reflection thing or something to that nature. 
Um, so right. I do rely a, a lot on him as far as visual is concerned. Hearing, um, I, I do get his opinion, but a lot of times if I hear it, I know I heard it. And so I just double check to make sure he hears it as well. So definitely don't, first off, don't do investigations by yourself if you're starting out. Secondly, you should have at least one or two people going through your evidence with you so that even if you're just doing something in a cemetery at a, an abandoned house, like Eric and I did something like that, you have somebody else to confirm or deny that what you heard is what you heard. Um, but that is pretty much it. Um, I, I do want to thank everybody for who listens to us to keep listening to us. We've got a lot of interesting and great stuff coming. Um, Eric, I, I do want you to bring up the series that we're going to be talking uh, within the next few weeks here. Um, so if you guys hear this episode, uh, you can get in contact with us to, to tell us some ideas um, and go from there. But go ahead and give them what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. Yeah. So we are going to be covering and We don't know how long this is going to be. Obviously, like, honestly, when I first brought it up, I was like, eh, maybe like, you know, three episodes. Uh, but the more we talk to people and the more we have listeners giving us feedback, I'm like, maybe it should be like four or five or six weeks. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, but the series is going to be uh, the cryptid, cryptids and hauntings of the high seas. Now, we're looking for as many cryptids, haunting, ghost stories, you know, whatever, um, that have taken place on the high seas. This is along the coastal line, on the ocean specifically. It could be anywhere around the world. So if you have any ideas, something of interest you want to talk about, send it our way. Uh, there is a couple of things we've already have in mind. The, the Luska, uh, which is actually a, a, a basically a sharktopus, half shark, half, half octopus in the Bahamas. Uh, we're going to talk about some interesting ghost stories regarding Sir Nathan Drake and his time with the devil or even being the devil. Uh, we're also going to talk about possibly sirens and mermaids and, you know, things of that nature. There's some really interesting stuff. There are some things I'm trying to stay away from. Uh, and those are the things that have been talked about often. Maybe we'll cover it a little bit here and there. But, you know, things like the Kraken, we've already talked about uh, Davy Jones uh, you know, things like that. We don't really want to get too deep into uh, just because they're so commonly spoken. It's a common, yeah, right. Yeah. So, um, but with that said, if you guys have any thoughts or ideas, this again, anywhere around the world, but it has to be the open seas or the high seas, uh, you know, big oceans, the various seas in, in the Middle East, uh, be sure to chat with us, send us an email, check us out on Facebook, uh, whatever, wherever you can reach us. We want to know your thoughts and opinions. Absolutely. All right, folks, until next week where you'll find us same time. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace.
Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.